the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Rescuers. Rescuers has a real abbreviated, uh, um, you know, uh, mission statement, and that is just anybody that's out there changing and saving lives. And it's heard every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 faithtop1360.com, and then it goes into the podcast stream. Uh, go to our website, rescuersradioshow.org, where you'll, you'll hear all of the shows on podcast, as this is a listener-supported show as a, as a ministry. Uh, you'll find out how to support that if you want to do that. But really excited about, about my next guest and what he's all involved in. And uh, Kent Kiefer. Hi, Kent. Hello, Art. So glad to have you on the show today. Uh, thank you, sir. I'm, I'm <laughs> honored to be here. Hey, uh, before we get uh, engaged with what uh, what you're all about, uh, we're going to start by having you take a, uh, some time here and let us know how you got to this point in your life. What 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 have you what is it, what has been driving you? What what have you been going through? How did you get here? Uh, thank you, Art, for asking that. And so just first and foremost, I'm a follower of Jesus. Nice. Um, that's what I want to be known for, and that's how I want to finish my time on this earth. And uh, this, I've really, uh, I've been pretty much out in, I'd say, the business or ministry world for coming up on now about, I'd say, almost 35 years. And uh, But ultimately having a purpose in your life, right, and uh, and following uh, the Lord's calling has has driven me really to pursue missions, and I say, reaching out to people who haven't heard the gospel or who haven't heard the story, the incredible story of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us and the salvation he provides in his eternal kingdom. That drives me, Art. It, nice. uh, it gets me out of bed every morning, brother. <laughs> That's a good way to go. Yeah. Good way to start. So, um, and you're new to Arizona in the last 30 years? Is that what you yeah. said? Or, okay. So actually, interesting, I was, I'm one of the few, well, there's a lot of native Arizonans. I'm, <laughs> I was born in Scottsdale. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and since then, I've traveled six states and lived in, I think, 12 different homes. And uh, it's interesting when the Lord calls you, and I came to Christ as a 15-year-old at a Fellowship of Christian Athletes camp up in the, Pres- in the hills of Prescott, Arizona, and uh, just pursued the the Lord through all, I'd say, just I've had my highs and my lows. My college days probably weren't my best days in following the Lord, but he never gives up on us. 
And but I've been across six states in the U.S. and my family's gone with me. And ultimately, I'm back in Arizona. I've been back here for nine years now. Nice. And uh, down here in interesting kind of the South Tucson area. Uh, and I'm near Green Valley and yeah. Saharita down here near the border near Nogales. I know exactly where you are. Yeah. And I'm and I'm here because I got recruited to come lead a incredible international ministry known as Scriptures in Use. Yeah. Uh, Kent is CEO and is executive director uh, of Scriptures in Use, S.I.U., yeah. Uh, as it's known as, and uh, so let, let's let's dive into that. Let's ta- okay. begin with the scriptures in use. Uh, your background in ministry has led you to this point for re- uh, reaching the unreached, yeah. uh, with a strong belief in the oral arts. Yeah. And and I saw a stat going through your information: eighty percent of the Earth's people are oral preference. Yes. Uh, or oral preference learners, and an even great, a larger group of millions or billions are estimated to be oral learners. Tell me about all this and how do you yeah. got into it? Yeah, thank you, Art. That that term a lot of people use is called orality, and not morality, orality. Nice. And uh, what we're finding out is oral preference learners, oral learners. They uh, process things different than literate, I'd say, or book learning leaders and or just people who've been exposed to literacy, right, and have had access to education and language. It's a crazy thing to think about this, Art, though, but of the 8 billion that are on this earth right now, estimated 8 billion, there's still probably, they estimated this group called joshuaproject.net, estimates that about 42% of that population, or about 3.4 billion, has never heard of Jesus, never heard the word of God in their mother tongue or their heart language. And it's astounding. So you hear about groups that say, hey, we're just going to ship them a Bible. Translation is great. We're just going to ship them a Bible. Well, a lot of these uh, people are non-literate or semi-literate art. Wow. They can't, You hand them something and they say no, or it goes in a hut or it goes in a warehouse and it doesn't get used, which is amazing to think about because a lot of us here in the U.S., right, North America, yeah. grew up being taught how to read, literacy, and we came to know the gospel through reading, reading the Old Testament, New Testament. But a lot of these cultures, they don't have access to the word of God in their mother tongue. Wow, and so it's just so of those remaining, let's just say uh, 3.4 billion. They're saying 80 to 90 percent are living in oral cultures where they learn through the oral arts, and that's storytelling, drama, dance, music, song, poetry. They've learned these oral traditions for hundreds or thousands of years, and that's the way they learn. So we have a one partner in Africa who's uh, who knows 12 different languages. 12 different languages wow. and if you hand him a written piece of material he'll say no no uh talk to me even though he can read or write he prefers to do it through oral preference learning mm. and so he's uh just a great leader great storyteller but i got some incredible stories to share with you guys today you know we're, we're behind in a way uh in the united states uh, if you yeah. go to europe most of the people in europe speak four or five languages right Yep, they do. <laughs> and I'm one of those Americans, unfortunately, speaks just English, right? I do a little <laughs> bit of Spanglish, Spanish intros with English, right, and exits. But you're right, Art. And so on average, uh, you know, so just scriptures and use is all about seeing the scriptures used and applied. 
okay, in the lives of oral peoples all around the earth, right? So yeah. that's just not non-literate, semi-literate. It's people who like to learn orally. And so they estimated that probably five to six billion of that eight billion are natural oral preference learners. I'm an oral preference learner, Art. Uh, even though I got four degrees and I and I can read pretty well, I have you know uh, literacy with uh, uh, advanced education, master's programs. But I found that I love to learn orally, and so so do our partners. We have 56 active indigenous uh, partners around the world in Africa and Asia art oh. that are leading storytelling trainings. We call them bridges training events, communication bridges to oral cultures three, four, five-day trainings where they have 25 to 30 different indigenous people come. Some of them are non-believers, but once they hear the stories of God yeah. in their mother tongue, the, it becomes alive to them. It, literally, they yeah. train and they run back to their houses or their villages and start telling the stories that Jesus told the disciples and the apostles. You know? <laughs> yep. And so it, it just, your yeah. troubles have taken you uh, in your ministry into yeah. very some hard, difficult parts of the world. Uh, that had to be trying for you, but but also <laughs> yeah. to go along with that, uh, please tell us of the vision and mission that started this whole thing. Yeah, so that's great because you know, so I've traveled probably to over twenty countries, but that's nothing to compare to what we call our missionary trainers. Mm -hmm. I've been to Africa and Asia probably about five or six times. Some of our trainers have been to sixty, seventy countries. And have probably, I would say, traveled, uh, I'd say maybe two to 300 different trips. Just amazing. Wow. But our founders, you got to hear this. Our founders started this mission down by the border of Mexico because they traveled across down there to really um, some indigenous people groups that weren't speaking Spanish. They found there was like 50 different trade languages off of Spanish. Their own dialects are like Tarahamara, Mixteca, just south of the border down here, no, uh, south of Nogales and Bisbee. <laughs> wow. Over 50 different languages that weren't even acknowledging Spanish. So that's is that's how you, you uh, were that's founded how we started. in Green, Green Valley, right? Green Valley, just down here in the in the Sierra Madre Mountains of Mexico, right? And, <laughs> and Jim and Carla Bowman, faithful, they're still alive, they're still doing well, but they put us on the map and they learned the oral approach, they actually got to hear this story. They went down, they spent like five years translating the Tarahamara language, the New Testament, mm -hmm. you know, from English to Tarahamara, and went down there into some remote coastal regions and got out there and they, and they had a big celebration story as they had. They were driving an old cart down there with 200 to 250 New Testament Bibles through rough, rough rugged roads. They get there in the, the town of the Tarahamara people on the side of one of those ridges there overlooking the ocean, and they're blowing the conch shells, and and the the the, the, uh, the the leader of the tribe gets up and says, "We have the word of God," and that's he's saying it in Tarahamara, <laughs> okay? and literally he opens it and he looks at it and he turns it sideways and me no understand words, oh. me, me no he didn't he couldn't even read his oh, own. Oh my gosh! And what they did is they started. Having uh, they partnered with uh, uh, Campus Crusade to Jesus Phil Paul nice. Eshelman, and they started showing uh, language adapted versions of the Jesus film in small groups around fire pits, and yeah. and it wasn't until afterwards art that they meet as twenty to thirty believers and start telling those stories. Yeah, I've had the word of God in their mother tongue that they started learning and coming to Christ and memorizing, and, and it just took off from that point. So I've, I've had their executive director on the show. 
Oh, he's yeah. an incredible leader. And so they planted the seeds, and then we took it pretty much to Spain, then to India, then to Asia, then to Africa, and everywhere we go, Art, it works. Wow. Because, you know, I say this, guess who was the best storyteller and uh, leader ever? Jesus. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> Jesus was a master storyteller. He was. He stole his teaching style was stories and parables. And literally, it says in Matthew 13, verse 34, Jesus used uh, Jesus always used stories and parables and illustrations whenever he spoke to the crowds. In fact, he never spoke to the crowds unless he used a story. And so we're doing the Jesus model of the first century with these indigenous leaders all over the world. That's a great way to put that. And, and and you're right. You're spot on, right? Yeah. So it, the stories that come back. So yeah. we just had one of our Africa trainers. So you got to hear this too. Our 12 person team, a couple of them know two or three languages, but for the most part, we all speak English. It's the indigenous leader. I said there's 56 of them that have their own networks and their own groups, their own NGOs. They speak three, four, five languages, like you commented, Art. They have their own translators, but we don't make it where it has to be Bible translated word. We literally do the trainings in their mother tongue, and they'll do it two or three different languages at one of these trainings. And we'll start with stories in the Genesis, right? Stories of creation, yeah. all the way to the stories of the prophets, right? All the way to the stories of Jesus and the stories of the disciples. Primarily Genesis to Acts, knowing that when they get literate, we're not against literacy. They can go to the epistles, right, and all the advanced uh, parts of the New Testament. But start out with those stories of creation, stories of the prophets, stories of Jesus. And they just fall in love with, it, love with the Lord, and it's in, in their own mother tongue. <laughs> and literally, they say, this is us. This is our God. Wow. You know, it's not the, not the white man North American God. This is our, our God. God. This is our language. He did this for us. That's no. nice. Um, I'm going to break away just for a moment. I have a note for our audience. If you are late in coming into the Rescuers Radio Show, my guest is Kent uh, Kiefer, CEO and Executive Director of Scriptures in Use. So I, I going through your material, uh, Kent, I noticed that there's several, uh, like four different ways that you use to do the storytelling. Yeah. Cover that for us. You bet. You know, and so... What we what we've talked about too is that oral learners they they think differently than us literate learners. So, and we actually have some oral preference learning in all of us. Like I said, probably five point seven of that eight billion are oral preference learners, but they do things like this: or they listen really well. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they, they like to be in a group of people and they listen. You ever play that telephone game when you're a kid, where you start out and say something, say something, and it yeah. turns into something entirely different? They do it a lot better than us. <laughs> They listen well, and then they repeat, and then they, here's what I here's what I heard you say, right? And they're doing that in their own heart language, their own mother tongue, and then they repeat it, mm. and then they say it again, and they repeat it. So we call it the, the process of dialogue. So they'll tell a story, they'll re, they'll they'll repeat it, they'll memorize, they memorize very well, wow. and because they use that part of their brain all the time. Yeah. And we have that part of our brain, but it's kind of like guys who work out. We don't do the leg day very much. Right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. But yeah. if you practice it and you take these stories, I've learned about 31 stories now. And in English, of course, not in the others, uh, heart language stuff. But these partners will learn 40 or 50 stories, these indigenous mm -hmm. leaders, in the first year. And literally when you dialogue it, so listening, 
repeating, memorizing, dialoguing, it comes to life, yeah. right? Well, you know, the Lord tells us, right? The word of God is active and living. It's sharper than any double-edged sword, yeah. piercing to dividing soul and spirit and joints and marrow, judging the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So every time we do a story, every time the Holy Spirit shows up and reveals things, and we're just astounded, even here as North American English speakers, when we story something, the Holy Spirit shows up every time. So the engagement of the Word of God came through the Jesus approach. So I, mean, I see that they also use uh, drama, da dance, and music yeah. and songs. Yeah, so that first part of that, I could talk about uh, listening, uh, repeating, memorizing. Then they'll start Then they'll start dramatizing it. So they love to do little small skits, you know, in dramas while sure. they're staying. And then they'll dance it. And some of them will sing it, and some of them will put it to poetry. And oh, uh, oh, the beautiful. word, actually, the word of God is over seventy-five percent narrative, and there's like ten percent, ten to fifteen percent poetry. A lot of the Psalms. Yeah. But literally, the word of God is a narrative story, right? Yeah, and absolutely. So that's we focus on that art, and everywhere we go, it's just embraced. And and you know, actually, we all need it too because engaging the word of God through story and having that heart come alive. It, it's just, there's, it's it, incredible art. It's one of the, well, if we could ever get a lot of, just to say doing a lot of storytelling in small groups here, and we yeah. can do that in our, in our house churches or small groups, right? Sure. With our churches here in the U S yeah. it's wonderful. It's the best teaching method because it's Jesus's method. So um, you've been, in, this has gone to uh, 70 countries. Yep. Uh, 90,000, Oral Bible churches been have been planted. Yeah, that's amazing. It's actually you got to hear this. It's actually gone up to we broke the hundred thousand mark this year. Wow, we're up to one hundred and four thousand art that are new house churches, oral Bible churches. That and that's when we get some. Some of these partners don't report back to us anymore. Usually, it's usually about a five to seven years. We help them get going. We fund these initial trainings I talked about, right? Those three day, four day, five day trainings. And ultimately, after five, six, seven years, they don't even need us anymore. <laughs> it's it becomes organic and, and catalytic and goes on its own. And so they don't report back to us anymore. So, but we hit a hundred and four thousand uh, since we started measuring wow. in nineteen ninety seven of new house churches. Hey, uh, tell our tell our audience how you train uh, people to do this, coach, and yeah. uh, uh, train, coach, yeah. and multiply. You bet. So those trainings are key. The communication bridges to oral cultures trainings. We have three sets of curriculum that they uh, at a beginning course art, and then and then a kind of a, a train the trainer go back and do it again, and then an advanced course. And it takes them through a series of those three day, four day, five day trainings, where they learn how to uh, relate to other people in their culture, how to train them, train of tra trainer of trainers how to become good storytelling trainers of the Word of God. We call them master trainers. When they eventually get to that point where they can do three, four, five stories, and then they can teach the others how to start a house church, start to actually train up other disciples, right, who can experience God's Word in their own heart language and their own culture. So amazing thing is our, it's a series of trainings. It takes time, and they don't become a master trainer overnight. Usually it takes at least a year or two. Some of them get really good at it within the first year or two. And then you just, that that indigenous leader, those 56 that are men and women of God, yeah. men and women of peace, they have their own teams and they say, go, go to this other unreached people group, go, 
go do the training there and it just starts taking off. But the key is having good trainings that seek the Lord and then also becoming a master trainer. And I think we have on my stats, we have over 21,000 master trainers across all of those regions in Asia and Africa. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. They're all just incredible men and women of God that are on fire for the Lord. And they love what they do. And (laughs) they want to tell stories all the time. And they've got a story for everything. One of the partners counted up over 700 stories in the Word of God. And it's, you know, it's hard to cut it off, right? Because the whole story (laughs) of the Word of God is old to New Testament, right? Yeah. And and he goes, and he put his head down and he got got upset. He goes, I'm really ashamed. He goes, I've only learned 46 stories in my first year. (laughs) And... You know, I'm talking. Those are twenty, twenty-five passage stories. Not, not Jesus wept, or right. I mean, those are full-on stories, right? And wow. so they just have a learning capacity, and they're brilliant. And um, it's just, we, you don't have to be literate to be a a disciple maker, a church planner of God. Now, it's it helps to be literate, yeah. but but so, you don't so, don't tell somebody they can't. You know? <laughs> so, what was your learning curve? When you were yeah. you, you began to to, to seek, so this. I'm nine years here at SIU, and I'm still drinking from a fire hose. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. So I just, you know, it's amazing what God does. But the team is, you know, Jim and Carla Bowman handed that over to me when I first got here in 2014. Carla retired first, like in 2000. And they're the founders. Yeah, they're the founders, okay. and they've been gracious. They actually been open minded about the way we raise funds and the way how we uh, how we work with partners, and they've just been a wonderful couple. So I think in founder transitions, when those that founder couples really to really to to hand over the the reins, knowing that hey, if this is supposed to be of God, God will equip those new leaders to carry out His calling. And so nine years into it, Art, I love it. It's the best organization i've been a, ever been a part of in my 35 years well i can uh, i can hear the passion in you yeah it's, it's amazing yeah so um gosh is, is um you're in how many countries so actively so interesting so every year looks different right number of different partners so last year alone we were in 21 countries 70 would be probably the entire 37 years of the mission right yeah. um so we've been in this last year alone, we did, we were in 21 different countries with 56 different heart languages. Okay. <laughs> wow. And in those trainings, right? And over 17,000 people were in those Bridges training events. We had over 8,000 uh, of the house churches, new house churches planted just in this last year of that 104,000 I used earlier. And uh, new believers, 46,000 just in this year alone. We've had over 500,000 new mm. believers come out of our trainings. Oh, my gosh. And uh, it's just, you know, it's just amazing. You know, the training events, one of our missionaries said, and again, you can reach, God uses many ways to reach people with the word of God, right? Bible translation is good. Living in the field is good. That traditional missions model where you maybe live 20, 30, 40 years in the field is good because people come to Christ. Literally, in one of our missionaries, a younger guy said, I could do one training, three-day training with this group of 25 to 30 indigenous leaders, and I could go back within six months and see 10 new house churches and maybe 100 new believers. Oh, my gosh. In six months, Art. And so the trainings are all about the Word of God and the Jesus model. Isn't isn't it amazing (laughs) that— this whole thing started in Green Valley, Arizona. <laughs> yeah, yeah going mean... <laughs> across no gals and bisbees to reach uh, groups that weren't speaking Spanish. It's not New right? York, Chicago, or L.A., or, or, or Toronto, or wherever. It all yeah. started here. 
Well, um, yeah. we're in our last uh, minute of, of the program. This has been so much fun to learn about oral, oral, say that word. But, oral yeah. learners, right? Oral preference learners, oral, oral arts. Oralality. Yeah, orality. Orality, right? yeah. yeah. Orality. That, yeah. That's a good one. And yeah. uh, this is brand new stuff to me and, and, and to our listener base. Uh, they may or may not be aware, but you are now. And um, and Kent uh, Kent Kiefer, CEO and executive director of Scriptures in Use, you are a rescuer, my friend. Uh, and thank you so much for being on the guest on the Re- Re- Rescuers show today. All right. Thank you so much. I want to say this. The indigenous lives, those 56 men and women apiece, those are the heroes, brother. Nice. Those are the men and women that are reaching those hard-to-reach least reach people in poverty. They're the heroes, brother. Thank thank you for honoring us. Amen. God bless. All right. God bless you. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.